0: I had um, called upon my friend Sherlock Holmes upon the second morning after Christmas. He was lounging on the sofa in a purple dressing gown. On the back of a wooden chair beside the couch hung a very seedy and disreputable hard-felt hat. A lens and forceps lying on the chair suggested that the hat had been suspended in this manner for the purpose of examination.
1: Ah, come in, come in,
0: my dear one. Oh, um, the compliments of the season to you. And to you,
1: my dear fellow. Take a chair. Ah, thanks. Oh, I just thought I'd look in, you know. You're busy, though. No, no, no. Something perfectly trivial. Though, to tell you the truth, it's not entirely devoid of interest. No? Well, let's hear it. You know Peterson, the commissioner at the Langham? Certainly. Good fellow. Yes, well, this trophy belongs to him. Well, that hat? Oh, my dear Watson, don't be so contemptuous of it, please. Look upon it, if you will, not as a battered billycock, but as an intellectual problem. All right, trophy, sir. Where would it come from then? It arrived here on Christmas morning in company with a fine fat goose, which I've no doubt is roasting at this moment in front of Peterson's fire. Oh. The facts are these: about four o'clock on Christmas morning, Peterson was on his way home from some small jollification, as he called it. Uh-huh. <laughs> As he was walking down Tottenham Court Road, he saw in the gaslight a tallish man walking with a slight stagger and carrying a goose slung over his shoulder. <laughs> At the corner of Good Street, the fellow ran into a group of ruts. One of them promptly knocked his hat off. Well, naturally. Right. The man raised his stick to defend himself, and in doing so, smashed the shop window behind his back. At that moment, Peterson rushed forward to help him. Oh, I should have told you that Peterson was still wearing his uniform. He'd been on his way home since the night before. Ah,
0: Christmas.
1: (laughs) Well, it seems that the shock of having smashed the window and immediately seeing an imposing figure like Peterson bearing down on him was too much for this poor fellow's nerve. He took to his heels. Leaving his goose? Yes. (laughs) Nice present for him. What did he do then? Well, being an honest fellow, he wondered how to trace the owner. There was a card tied to the bird's left leg with for Mrs. Henry Baker printed on it. Yes? And on the lining of the hat here, you see, no? uh, Yeah. Uh, you can just see it, there are the initials H.B. H-B. Well, Henry Baker. But well, There must be hundreds of Henry Bakers in London. Exactly. Peterson hadn't a notion where to begin. But that's why he brought the hat and the goose round to me on Christmas morning. Ah, I see. We kept the goose until this morning, but it became... Obvious that in spite of the frost, it needed eating without unnecessary delay. <laughs> so I advised Peterson to carry it off to fulfill the ultimate destiny of a goose, while I retain the hat of the unknown gentleman who lost his Christmas dinner. Mm, it's, uh... It's quite an eloquent old hat. Oh? Here, take this lens. Yeah. yeah? You know my methods. Let's see what you can tell me about the man who's worn this hat. Oh, dear. Hmm... Well, there's uh, no maker's name. A sound
0: opening gambit, Watson. (laughs) There's uh, red silk lining. Pretty discolored, though. A lot of dust in the felt and um, spots or something. (laughs) Yes, and it looks as though he's been trying to cover some of the blemishes up with ink. Capital, my dear Watson. Otherwise, Holmes, it's just a very ordinary round black hat that's seen better days. Then tell me what you deduce.
1: Deduce? Oh, Watson, you disappoint me. After such an admirable display of your powers of observation, too. Oh, oh, well, come on, Holmes. Better tell me what I should have found. Very well. This is the hat of a highly intellectual, middle-aged man who has also been fairly well-to-do with them the last three years but has now fallen on evil days. Drink, probably. Yes, that would account for the obvious fact that his wife has ceased to love him. My dear, Holmes, what on earth are you talking about? But he's retained some degree of self-respect. Oh, and it's extremely improbable that he has the gas laid on in his house. <laughs> You're pulling my leg. Not in the least, Watson. Is it possible that even when I give you these results, you still can't see how they're attained? No, I'm
0: blessed if I can. Well,
1: how, how do you know the man's an intellectual? See what happens when I try the hat on. It comes right on
0: over my nose.
1: a bit capacity, Watson. So large a brain must have something in it. Well, what about the decline of his fortunes, then? This hat is three years old. This is one of the first of these flat brims, curled at the edge. Uh, You notice the excellent lining. It's a hat of the very best quality. If this man could afford to buy it three years ago and he's still having to wear it in this state, then he's certainly gone down in the world. But his self-respect hasn't gone entirely because he's tried to cover up some of the stains with ink. Yes, that's what I said. We can tell he's middle-aged simply by examining the lining. You see, all these graying hair ends cut off recently by the barber. Yes, of course, but... um. His wife. You you said she'd cease to love him. Ah, I'm afraid it's true. This hat hasn't been brushed for weeks. He might be a bachelor. Oh, no. He was bringing home that goose as a peace offering to his wife. Remember the card on its leg. My dear Holmes, you've an answer for everything. But how on earth can you tell from a man's hat that he has no gas laid on in his house? Quite simply. One tallow stain or even two might have got onto the hat by chance. But when I see no less than five... I begin to picture him walking upstairs at night, probably with his hat in one hand and a guttering candle in the other. Satisfied? Ha ha ha! Oh,
0: well, Holmes, it's all very ingenious. Remarkable. But there's been no crime committed. I mean, dash it, there's only the loss of a goose consider. It all seems rather a waste of energy to me. Watson, there
1: are times when you're almost. Yes, come in. Mr. Holmes, sir. Peterson. Ah. What's the matter, man? The goose, Mr. Holmes. Uh, Dr. Watson. The oh, goose, dear, sir. For heaven's sake, Peterson, has it flown out of your kitchen window? Look, sir. Look at this.
2: What the missus found in its crop. What? Good Lord. A diamond, Mr. Holmes, isn't it? Tried it on the windowpane. Cut into the glass like putty. A precious
1: stone, all right? It's more than a precious stone. What, sir? It's the precious stone. Eh? Hey? Watson, you've no doubt spotted the advertisement about it in the agony column every day lately. But well, you. Do you mean this is the, the, the blue carbuncle, Holmes? Countess of, um, what's her name? The uh, Countess of Morcar. It's none other. i recognised its size and shape the moment I saw it. Well, Any idea of the value you're holding in the palm of your hand there, Peterson? Well, I don't know. Quite a bit, eh? Um, a couple of hundred, say? I should say it's worth at least 20 times the amount they're offering as the finder's reward. Reward, Mr. Holmes? Uh, how much? A thousand pounds. What? This is the stone... That is the reward, and you are the finder. Peterson, you're a rich man. Cool. Cool.
0: Well, I'm blessed. <laughs> but, Holmes, wasn't this stone supposed to have been stolen from the Countess de Morcar's room at the Cosmopolitan Hotel? Precisely. By a goose? <laughs> Hardly. Oh,
1: by one John Horner, a plumber. He'd been welding a bar on the grate in her room two or three days before Christmas. He was left alone in the room for a few minutes by Ryder, the head attendant of the hotel. The silly devil, left the chap there. When he came back, the plumber had gone. The bureau had been forced. Ah, oh, yes, I remember now. Um, wasn't there something about this chap Horner having had a previous conviction of a robbery? Uh, for robbery, yes, sir. Uh, reckon that clinched things against him. Remanded for assizes. Well, the question for us to look into is the sequence of events leading from a rifle jewel case at one end to the crop of a goose in the Putnam Court Road at the other. Uh, this fellow, Henry Baker, who lost the goose, you think he's mixed up in it? Well, uh, here is the stone. The stone came from the goose. The goose came from Mr. Henry Baker, the man with the bad hat and all the other characteristics we discovered. So now we must set ourselves very seriously to finding this gentleman. How do we do that? Well, hand me a slip of paper and that pencil, will you?
0: Certainly. Here you are. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Now then, found at the corner of Good Street, a goose and a black felt hat. Mr. Henry Baker can have the same by applying at six thirty this evening at two two one B Baker Street. There you are, Peterson. Yes. Be so good as to run down to the advertising agency and have this put in the evening papers, will you? Yes, sir. You know, the Globe, Star, Pellmell, St. James's Gazette, Evening News, Standard, Echo, any others that occur to you. Very good, Mr. Holmes. Oh, and Peterson. Yes, sir? Take this sovereign. Just buy a goose and bring it back here to me, will you? We must have one to give this gentleman in place of the one your family are preparing to devour. <laughs> Very
0: good, Mr. Holmes. Oh, uh... Let's see that
1: stone, Holmes. See how it glints? and sparkles, Watson. Mm, It's a bonny thing. Yet it's a nucleus and focus of crime. There have been two murders, a vitriol throwing, a suicide, and several robberies all over this 40-grain weight of crystallised charcoal. Who'd think that so pretty a toy would be a purveyor to the gallows and the prison? Well... I'd better lock it in the strong box now and drop a line to the Countess to let her know we have it.
0: Well, I'd better get on with my
1: professional rounds. Oh,
0: I can't sit here gossiping all day, you know. No, Watson. Of course you can't. I'll be back this evening, though. I'd like to see if there's any answers to that advertisement. Very
1: glad to see you, my dear fellow. Mm. I dine at seven. There's a woodcock, I believe. Oh, lovely! Uh, in view of recent occurrences, though, perhaps I'd better ask Missus Hudson to examine its
0: crop. <laughs> I do first morning. <laughs>
1: Ah, Watson, come in. This is my colleague and friend, Dr. Watson. Ah. Watson, this Mm -hmm. is Mr. Henry Baker. You only just missed him on the stairs. Uh, How do you do, sir? Now, Mr. Baker, is this your hat? Yes, sir, that is undoubtedly my hat. And I'm sorry you've been troubled, sir. Oh, no trouble, Mr. Baker. But about the bird now. We were compelled to eat it. Eat it? Yes. But I presume that this other goose on the sideboard will... Answer your purpose equally well. Oh, oh, certainly, certainly. It's uh, very civil of you, sir. Of course, we still have the feathers, legs, crop, and so on of your own bird, if you wish. (laughs) Well, sir, they they might be useful relics of my adventure, but I can hardly see what other use the
2: disjecta membra of my late acquaintance are going to be to me.
1: (laughs) Very true. Then there is your hat, Mr. Baker. Thank you. And here's your bird. Oh, Oh, by the way, would it bore you to tell me where you got the other one from? I'm something of a foul fancy, and I've seldom seen a better-grown goose. Not at all. A few of us frequent the Alpha Inn
2: uh, near the British Museum. Uh, Do you know it? Yes, yes, I do. Well, uh, this year our good host, Windigate, got up a goose club. We put in a few pence a week, and each of us were to have a
1: bird for Christmas. (laughs) Nice bird, as you say. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Delightful. I hope this other will be uh, adequate compensation. Oh, I'm sure it will. Well... Good night, gentlemen, and uh, the compliments of the season to you. The same to you, sir. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh ho! Well, so much, Mr. Henry Baker, then. It's quite certain he knows nothing whatever of this matter. You hungry, Watson? Well, not particularly. Then I suggest that we ask Mrs. Hudson to preserve our woodcock for supper. We must follow up this clue while it's still hot.
0: Yes, quite right. Alpha. This is it. Come along, then.
1: <laughs> good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, landlord. And what may your pleasure be this evening, gents? Uh, Holmes? Oh, beer, please. Yes, yes
0: beer. beer. And
1: a better drop you won't find north of the rivers, eh? It should be excellent, if it's as good as your geese. Sir. Geese, say, eh? My geese? Why, yes. I was speaking only half an hour ago to a member of your goose club, a Mr. Henry Baker. Oh, yes, I'll follow you. But uh, them's on our geese, of course. Oh, who's that? Well, I got the old two dozen from a chap in common ground. Indeed? Who was that? Uh, Breckenridge is his name. You know him, sir. Breckenridge? No. But no matter. Well, here's your good health, landlord, and prosperity to your house. Good
0: health. And the compliments of the season to you, gentlemen. Thank you, landlord. Come on, There's his stall, Holmes Breckenridge. Hello, he's shutting up shop. We're just in time. Uh,
1: Good evening. Cold again. That's right. Oh, sold out of geese, I see.
0: You have 500 tomorrow, gov.
1: I'd sooner have one now.
0: Try him over there with the gas flare. He's got some left. Oh,
1: dear. And I was specially recommended to you.
0: Recommended? Who
1: by? By the landlord of the Alpha, up by the museum. Oh, that's right. Sent him a couple of dozen. And very fine bird they were, too. Beautiful. Now, where'd you manage to get such specimens? Ah, then, mister. What are you driving at? I beg your pardon? Let's have it straight out now. Quite straight enough. I simply wondered who sold you the geese you supplied to the alpha. Well, then I shan't tell you. So now. I don't know why you should get so warm about it. Warm, you say? You'd be warm maybe if you were pestered like I am. Pestered? How do you mean? Look, I pay good money for an article. That ought to be the end of the business, eh? But where are those geese? Who'd you sell them to and that sort of thing? Well, I've no connection with anyone else's inquiries, I can assure you. If you won't tell us, then the bet's off, that's all. Bet? What bet? I like to think I know a fowl's quality. I'm ready to back my opinion on it. Half a dozen mouthfuls of one of those geese the other night. And I put a fiver on it that I was eating a country bread bird. Oh, you did, did you? Well, I'll tell you this much. You lost your fiver. Town bread oh, You'll never persuade me to believe that. I'd take another bet on it, with you if you like. A sovereign?
0: All right, all right. Hill. Yes, Governor. Bring us the books out here, and look slippy. Yes, Governor.
1: Now then, Mr. Cockshaw, you just wait a minute, we'll see. A sovereign? Was it you said?
2: Here Governor.
1: go on, buzz off. Now then, see this book. I do. This is a list of the folk I'd buy from. Now, page uh,
0: 227, a bit further, 247, 248, 249. Now then, what's the last entry you see? Uh, let me see. Um, Mrs. Oakshot, 117 Brixton Road, December the 22nd, 24 geese at 7 and 6. Brixton Road. Town of country. Town of course. Much obliged. Now, what does it say underneath? Underneath? What, what? uh, Oh, Yes. Sold Mr. Windigate at the Alpha, twelve shillings each. And that'll cost your friend just one sovereign and
1: cheaper the price. (laughs) Ridiculous. I'd never have believed it. Here you are, my man. Good evening to you.
0: And the compliments of the season to you! Well, Holmes. Cheap at the
1: price, (laughs) as our friend observed. Uh, good job he was a betting man. My dear Watson, when you see a man with whiskers of that cut and the sporting time sticking out of his pocket... You can always draw him with a bet. Did
0: you hear what he said about being pestered, Holmes? I did indeed. Sounds as though we weren't the only ones interested in what became of those look geese. Here,
2: I mean, look, I tell oh, you I know. Well, no. geese Listen to that, Watson.
0: Something tells me our time. truculent friend is being pestered again. I'll tell you about another year you when your you geese. If, if you one. come here again, I'll set the dog on you straight, I well, will. But I
2: tell you, one of them belongs to me. Mrs. Oakshot told me to ask. You can go and ask the king of Prusa, for all I care. Go on, get out of here. All right. Oh, right, I'm
1: going. Watson, this may save us a visit to the Brixton Road altogether. Come on. Right, Holmes. Just a moment, my man. Hey. who are you? What do you want? You will excuse me, but my friend and I couldn't help overhearing your little argument just now. I think we could be of assistance to you. You? What do you know about it? My name is Sherlock Holmes. I know everything about it. You're endeavouring to trace some geese which were sold by Mrs. Oakshott of Brixton Road to a salesman named Breckenridge. He sold them to Mr. Windigate of the Alpha Hotel.
2: You mean you know where some of them went? I do. Then you're just the man I've been wanting to meet. Capital.
1: And may we know whom we have the pleasure of assisting?
2: The name's
1: John Robinson. No, no, the real name. It's always awkward doing business with an alias. Very well, then. The real name's James Ryder. Head attendant at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Watson, catch that cab, will you? Right. Hey, Jerry! I think a cozy room would be better than this windswept marketplace. I'm sure I shall be able to tell you everything you wish to know. Pray take the basket chair, Mr. Ryder. Thank you. That's it. Now you want to know what became of those geese. Yes, sir. Or rather, I fancy of that goose. White with a black bar across the tail, if I remember correctly. Oh, sir, can you tell me where it went to? It came here. Here? Yes. And a most remarkable bird it proved. I don't wonder that you should take an interest in it. It laid an egg after it was dead. The bonniest, brightest little blue egg that ever was seen. You've got it. Here it is. The game's up, Ryder. What? Seems to me, Ryder, you've the makings of a very pretty villain in you. You knew this man Horner, the plumber, had been in trouble before. You invented some small job in our ladyship's room and arranged that Horner should be the man sent for to attend to it. As soon as he'd left, you rifled the jewel case, raised the alarm, and had this unfortunate man arrested.
2: Mr. Holmes, sir, it was, just like you say. Sir. sir, I never went wrong before, never. I never will again, I swear it to you, Get sir. Get
1: back into your chair.
2: I, I, I beg you, sir. Don't bring it into court. What, my mother and father, sir. Will I do anything We'll than talk ch- about that
1: later. Meanwhile, let us hear a true account of what occurred after the robbery.
2: Yes, and
0: how did the stone get into that goose, and how did the goose come into the open market?
2: I'll tell you everything. When Horner had been arrested, it seemed best for me to get straight away with the stone before the police took it into their head to search all the hotel staff. I made for my sister's place. She's married to a chap called Oakshot out along the Brixton Road. Oakshot. I see. Go on. Well, all the way there, every man I met seemed to be a policeman or looked like a detective. I was in a cold sweat before I got there. My sister asked me why I was so pale, and I said I'd like a breath of fresh air, so I went out in the backyard to smoke a pipe. And? Well, I was there, wondering what to do, and suddenly I realised there was geese waddling all round me. I'd hardly noticed them before, and I got the idea to beat the best detective that ever lived. My sister had told me that I might have the pick of the flock for a Christmas present. Well, it was obvious. I'd take the goose there and then, get it to swallow the jewel, and it wouldn't matter who stopped me on the way home. They'd never think of looking inside a goose. Very ingenious indeed. And that was what you did? Yes, sir. I caught a big fine bird, and, uh, well, after a bit of trouble, I got it to swallow the stone, all right. But it flapped and struggled like anything. My sister came out to see what was up. <laughs> Why, Jem, whatever were you doing with that bird? Oh, well, well, Maggie, you you see, you said you'd give me one for Christmas, and uh, I was just feeling which was the fattest, that was all. Oh, you needn't have trouble. We've one set aside for you already. You what? Oh, yes, Jem's bird, we call it. That big white one over yonder, see? we fattened it specially for you. Well, never mind that. I'll have the other, and I'll take it with me now. Oh, just as you like, you know what's best. Which one did you say you want? That white one with the barbed tail, there he goes, look, in the middle there. All right then, you can help me catch it now. We'll kill it and you can take it home with you. I did what you said, Mr. Holmes. As soon as I got it home, I took a knife and opened it up. There wasn't a sign of the stone.
0: So we gather. What did you do then? Do?
2: I was back to my sisters as fast as I could go. Maggie, where are they? Well, hello, Jim. Where's what? Those geese. I came through the yard. Couldn't see a blessed One of them. Oh, them. They've gone to the dealers. Came to collect them just after you've gone. All of them? Every one. Oh. Jim, what's the matter? Which dealer? Well, his name's Breckenridge of Covent Garden. But why? Maggie, listen. You know that one I took? White, with a barred tail? Yes. Was the... Was there another one like that? Oh, yes. You never could tell them apart, like a couple of twins. (laughs) Then, of course, Mr. Holmes, I saw it all and ran off as hard as I could to find Breckenbridge. But he'd sold the lot. And not one word would he tell me about where they'd gone to. I tried to ask him again tonight. Well, you heard me. I've been honest all my life, gentlemen. And now, here I am, branded as a thief, and I've hardly even set eyes on the thing I stole.
1: Ryder, get out.
2: Sir?
1: I said, get out.
2: Oh. Oh, yes, Mr. Holmes. Heaven bless you, sir. It'll never happen again, as long as I live. (laughs) Well, well, Holmes, they
1: are letting him go free. If Horner were in danger, that would be another thing. But Ryder will never be able to appear as a witness against him now. The case is finished. And the Countess will get her blue carb in go back. She'll never miss the reward she'll have to pay Peterson, and it'll make all the difference to him. So everyone profits in some way. Well, not Ryder. No. I think it's just possible that I've saved his soul. He'll never yield to temptation again. He's too terribly frightened. But a stretch in prison would probably have turned him into a jailbird for life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I suppose I'm compounding a felony, but... Oh, well, hang it all, Watson. It's the season of forgiveness. Quite right, Holmes. As for you and me, chance has put in our way a most singular and whimsical problem, and its solution is its own reward. <laughs> and now, if you'll have the goodness to touch that bell, doctor, we'll begin another investigation in which, once again, a bird will be the
0: chief feature. <laughs> <laughs>